this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today. We have a lot to discuss because we are joined by the one and only Miss Izzy Woters. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're calling, but you're checking in from New Zealand, right? Checking in from New Zealand. Yeah, it was meant to be a beautiful, warm, sunny day and it's freezing and cold in the middle of summer. So, But we're COVID free, so I can't complain too much about us. You guys are way ahead of the U.S. I mean, yeah. I'm in New York City. It's not as bad as like Los Angeles or something like that, which is yeah. just much worse. It's insane seeing what's happening over there in the news. It's absolutely wild. And I'm so thankful to like be over here. Eddie messaged me the other day because I went on holiday and was doing all these things. And he was like, like, you bastard. Like, I wish I could be doing all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, sorry, guys. There's like what in like New Zealand? Because I just, I'm stupid. I just don't watch the news anymore. I've given up. Like, is there yeah. like no COVID? Like there's just so, so few cases. We have, yeah. So there is very, very minimal community transmission. I'm not sure of the rates, but I think it's been like one in the past however many weeks. Um, and then, you know, we have a really strict quarantine at the border. So when I flew over from Australia, you have to do two weeks in a quarantine hotel. So they're really good at like like capping it and then contact wow. tracing and testing and all that. But I mean, it's a country of what, like four or 5 million people. The U S has like 300 million. So it's a lot harder for you guys. Yeah. Like when we, well, months and months ago when COVID first started, I chatted with Anastasia and she was in Sri Lanka. I mean, she's since come to the U S but at that yeah. point she was like, we have like no cases. Yeah. It's Island nations. Like we're so lucky that well, it's like a small Island nation, <clears throat> even in Australia, there isn't too much. Sydney's just had an outbreak. Um, kind of down where Francesca lives, which is a bit worrying, but, um, but yeah, no, we're, 
we're very, very lucky down here. I'm not envious at all with you guys. But hopefully that, the vaccine works. I hope so. So listen, we have a lot to get into today, but mm-hmm. I want to say, first I want to say welcome. Thank you. And then I want to say welcome to the family, girl. Thank you. I know. It's been, a, it's been a very, very wild two days. I was a bit scared of like, you know, putting it online and stuff like that because you are opening yourself up to like a whole bunch of like other people's um, opinions. But I was not expecting the reaction that I got. It was insane. And everyone is so welcoming. Um, so instead of my inbox being full of like thirsty straight men now, it's just full of thirsty lesbians. So that's not so bad. <laughs> okay. Well, we definitely need to discuss that. We're going to, I feel like we'll come back to that because yeah. I've got so many questions surrounding that, but I want to get all the background stuff out of the way first. But that's funny. So your your inbox, right, was like, you, you did you get a ton of like thirsty straight men before? Because I know you said you did. Yeah, I, a lot of thirsty straight men, a lot of thirsty straight men interested in feet. And I'm just like, I've discovered a whole new thing about Bravo that there's like a thing called wiki feet. Like a lot of Bravo people have their feet on wiki feet. Didn't know that was a thing. So that was kind of like shocking. And then I was almost like, should I just sell pictures of my feet to make money? But then I was like, mm, I don't know. Like I feel, I'm not sure if that's like a, a good image or what, but it's, I mean, if I had the balls to do that, I mean, selling pics, like feet pics is a great way to make money. It's well, insane how many people want pictures of your feet. Really? <laughs> yeah. Even on Cameo, people will like hit you up on Cameo and be like, oh, so like, can you just make sure you put like your bare foot in like the shot? And it's like, mm, no. Well, let me tell you that I'm on Cameo and I have two Instagrams, a personal one and a show one, and no one has ever slipped into my DMs asking for anything to do with feet. So I am literally highly insulted now. Maybe it's just, (laughs) I mean, like I'm peripherally part of the Bravo world. Like I'm I'm insulted. Yeah. I think I'm very glad now that I wore shoes on the boat. Like I wore them for safety and to protect my little tootsies, but now I'm scared of my tootsies being violated. So who like, you know, other Bravo people that have like put their feet on the wiki thing? I know. So I know that like Anastasia and Courtney have had their feet put on it and like people have contacted them asking for pics and stuff like that. And they're just like, "Mm, no. So I think you'll notice a lot of people like hide their feet in pictures now. That's for a reason. Interesting. Yeah. Like, do you talk about that? And it's not just below deck. It's all a Bravo. I think, I'm not sure if it's, you know, housewives and all that stuff, but I would not be surprised if it is. I think because, you know, we're like working on boats and then like, you know, it's that whole like boaty vibe. Like it's a thing, but yeah, people have a real obsession with feet. Interesting. Yeah, I I can honestly say like more power to everyone with their fetishes. I don't personally understand a foot fetish, but that's <laughs> no, just but if me. it's like your thing, then it's your thing. Like you do. Yeah. Like, yeah. right. That's how I am. Like you do you. I mean, everyone has something, but I that's just one that I personally don't understand. But more power yeah. to everyone that that's yeah. your thing. Yeah. Now, are you from New Zealand originally? So, yeah, so I was born in New Zealand and I lived here until I was four and then we moved to Australia and I grew up in Australia ever since. So I've come back here every year. I did a short stint a couple of years ago. as like a working holiday. Um, but like I, if anyone is to ask me like what I am, I'm like, I'm both. I'm a mutt, you know, I'm not one or the other. I'm both. I, yeah, I resonate with both countries, but you I, know, when it comes to sporting teams, I just pick the one that wins and say I'm from there. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am like, I mean, 
it's hard for me to tell. I mean, I've been, to, I've been all over the world. I've been to Australia yeah. and New Zealand, but it's hard. I couldn't tell you an Australian accent from a New Zealand one. No. And that's the interesting thing. When I started working on boats, I was working with a lot of British people. So I think I picked up like a bit of a British twang, was used to hearing that. So then when we would have Aussie and Kiwi guests come on, I couldn't tell the difference. And then people would get offended if I was like, oh, like, are you Aussie? Like, no, I'm Kiwi. And I was like, oh, shit. But like when you go back into the country and you like hear the, like especially the Australian accent, it is so strong. Really? Um, after being away from a while, it's like, holy shit, I'm in bloody like Crocodile Dundee or something. Right. It's like bizarre. I'm sure there's an easy way to tell the difference. I just. I don't know. I mean, we, we both kind of like originate from, you know, drunk convicts. So I think we've both just got a, a very similar kind of, you know, but both, killing accent. But Kiwis and Aussies, I mean, you guys, like, you can keep up with the New York crowd. Like, you guys drink, like, you guys are fun. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, it's a real culture of binge drinking over here. I mean, I'm, I don't drink a lot, but like, it's either I don't drink or when I drink, I drink for a purpose. And I think a lot of people over here are like that as well. It's like, you know, Everyone more just drinks to like get themselves smashed, not because they enjoy like a nice sophisticated glass of wine with lunch or something. So yeah, that real convict kind of history coming through. Whereas in New York, it's, I think the opposite. We are just like, it's lunch. Let's have wine. Let's have another yeah, let's glass, have of, glass wine. of wine. And like, we're you just, just like, yeah, like you don't yeah, really, I mean, like some people drink. Yeah. That's, well, that's fine. Yeah. So your family's still in New Zealand? So yeah, my parents are split. So my mom lives in New Zealand. So I'm staying with her now. Um, all my aunts and uncles and stuff like that are over here, except for one that's in Australia. Um, and then most of the time I live in Australia with my dad um, and my sister. So we're in Sydney. So not too far from like Hannah and Francesca and all of that. Did so you I'm know? A, well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, go that's ahead. That's right. I just said, so I'm, a, I'm a, a Sydney sider. I love it. Did you know, like, speaking of Hannah and Francesca, like, did you know any of these? Because there's so many Aussies, like, and he's like, you guys are very yeah. well represented on Below Deck over here yeah. in the States. Yeah, we are. I'd watched, um, yeah, I'd watched earlier, like, seasons and stuff like that. Because I didn't really know what it was when I was working on boats. Um, and then people were like, oh, you know, is your life, like, Below Deck or this stuff? And I was like, got no fucking clue what that is. So then one day, like when I originally applied for the show is when I started watching. And then I saw like Hannah and all of that. And I was like, fuck yes, I'll do it for the Aussies. Um, so yeah, like I knew of them. I didn't know that she lived in Mossman or anything like that, which is like close-ish to where I live. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool to have like good Aussie representation on board this season. So you didn't with, watch with it. And, so you didn't watch it until you applied. No, I'd never even really heard of it. So, you know, you, I had guests be like, hey, like, is your life like this? And I'm like, babe, I don't have time to like, you know, do anything. Um, and so then I watched it and I like, I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really, really cool. And it's like, an, like a different, cause you know, yachting is a very interesting industry. You know, you've got a lot of different things that happen, but it's like same shit, you know, you're dealing with rich people, like you're doing a lot of the same stuff. So this just kind of like chucked a new spin on it, like with like cameras and like, you know, like, I applied for OG so I could go to the Caribbean. So I didn't have to do like a B1, B2. They would just organize that for me, um, all that. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, I had never really seen it before I applied. But then I applied and I was like, I really like this. But I have to say, if I had have seen the season of Med that's just gone before I applied, I probably wouldn't have applied. Really? That, that was, that was 
hectic. That was wild. Um, and I was like not impressed with a lot of the behavior I saw in that. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that put a, a bit of a bad taste. What would have made you? Mouths. What would have made you not apply? Like, what? Part I think of it was men? just like the the attitudes on board. Like, there was obviously a lot of like lovely people. Like, Bugsy means like so well, and like you know, I don't think Jess was being malicious or anything like that. And her intentions were obviously like gaslighter, um, but just like that real kind of backstabbing and like. I didn't even know what kind of attitude that came from the top. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, is that what, you know, I would have been so scared that that's what have happened on our boat. Luckily, Captain Lee is not like that. And Eddie was like a dream bosun. I think I couldn't have asked for a better bosun out of any of the ones that have been on below deck. Um, but yeah, I just, I watched Med and I, it literally was like post-traumatic stress just watching it. It was, oh my God. Well, I, I felt so bad for Hannah. So bad for Hannah. She did not deserve to be treated that way. So you really think Malia handled that completely wrong? Yeah, I think it was handled like very poorly. And I think, you know, a lot of people that watch it think it was handled very poorly. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day. That causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs into things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. I would, there's a lot, yes, there are yeah. a lot of people. And you think Captain Sandy handled it incorrectly too. Yeah, I just, I think with Captain Sandy, it's quite visible that like, you know, Malia is her favorite and there is like favoritism going on. You know, it's like nepotism in a way. And I think that, I don't know, it just seems like she's had this bone to pick with Hannah, you know, for a long time. Um, and like my take on it was that she finally found something 
you know, that she could get rid of her with because even with like the whole Valium thing, you know, they're saying there was no prescription in Australia. We put our, we don't have like a prescription slip. Like the prescription is on the box. So the box that she had like with her in the office, like actually had a prescription on it. Um, and I think, you know, also the whole stigmatizing of mental health as well, like calling a panic attack, like a freak out and saying she didn't feel safe that someone who'd had a panic attack, you know, was on board. Like I sound like with anxiety and like who does experience panic attacks and stuff like that. Sometimes I thought that was like a very, very poor way to handle it. And she didn't seem particularly apologetic about it as well. I think, you know, if it were Captain Lee or if it were Eddie or, you know, anyone like that, it would have been handled so differently um, and respectfully. So, yeah, I think that was just a, like a really poor display of women in leadership. Who do you think handled it? more incorrectly, Malia or Sandy? I mean, Sandy ultimately is the one in charge. So, I mean, it comes to her to like, to be the professional and to handle it in that manner. Um, but I think Malia has worked on boats long enough. I mean, you know, she's, she's very experienced on boats, but she probably, she has worked on boats long enough to know that there is probably a particular way you should handle things. Um, and it doesn't hurt sometimes to have a bit of compassion and empathy and not just like jump to conclusions. Um, especially when it's being recorded on TV and, you know, where there's already such massive conversations at the moment about like mental health and everything mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, I think it was, it was just a very, very poor display of, um, of women in leadership, which is really disappointing. So I was so excited for that season when I saw that there was, you know, it was like a female captain, female mm -hmm. bosun, female chief stew. So yeah, that, that probably would have scared me away. <laughs> And because you applied before that. Yeah, yeah. So I applied in like uh, September last year. And then I was confirmed in January this year. So it's a long process. But that's interesting to say that like you may not have applied if you watched that particular yeah. season. Yeah, because it was just, it was, I, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people that watched it were disgusted, but I really think it was a very poor display of, like you know what it is to be a human um just like there, at a baseline level there was a lot of backlash yeah what about the school of thought because there was a lot of this talk online that sandy yes there's talk that she favors malia but also you know that she has a crush on malia that was going around yeah that's going on. i mean i'm not sure i think she she seems to be very very in love with her partner and they seem to be great for each other um I thought her coming out and it saying that Malia was gay probably wasn't the best thing to do. Um, because, you know, even if she is or if she isn't like that's Malia's business, that's not like anyone else's business to discuss. And unless Malia like wants to come out with that personally. Um, but I, th I think, you know, I like everyone's got their own take on it. My take on it is that, you know, Sandy probably looks at Malia a bit like a daughter or like a protege or something like that. And she wants her to do well. And, you know, it, it is difficult for a lot of women to gain respect in the industry. Um, and she probably wants her to gain respect and, you know, to have the career that she wants to have. But I think there's just certain ways to go about things and they definitely both got lost last season. Yeah. It was an interesting, do you think, like after yeah. that, you know, like it's almost like the show seems in a way to have gotten away from earlier seasons of what it started out to be. Like, yeah, do you think the drama now overshadows what the show was kind of in the beginning? I think, um, 
kind of since, you know, season seven with like the brew crew and things like that, um, a lot of the personalities that came in, I don't think it's particularly like production's fault or casting's fault. It's like a lot of the personalities that have come in have, you know, done some fucking disgusting and crazy shit, just to put it bluntly, um, that it, you know, has been really dramatic and it has kind of gotten away from what it originally was, which was like, you know, this kind of fun, lighthearted show. Um, and that's kind of what I enjoyed about our season is that it, it felt more like the seasons like that were a bit earlier, you know, a bit more lighthearted, a bit more fun. Yes, there's still drama and stuff like that, but it's not like, you know, these gross displays of misogyny or like, you know, these displays of stigmatizing mental health and things like that. Um, but yeah, it seems like this year, a lot of the seasons have been like quite crazy. So I was almost a little bit like worried prowls coming up, but like, you know, I lived as and I had that experience. And so I knew it wasn't like that. Um, but I'm so, yeah, so glad I wasn't on kind of any of the, the past three seasons because you would like the, the, you know, you'd have to be a champion to be able to get through that and not need therapy for a lot of people. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say the last season, I mean, like the last season of Below Deck Med, yes, there was a lot. But then the last season of Below Deck with all like the misogyny and all that, yeah. that must have not been welcoming yeah. to you either after no. watching it. No, I mean, but I think it is actually, it was actually important that, you know, behavior like that was publicized and was actually put out into the media because a lot of people, you know, it's a lot of the time it's behind closed doors and people don't think that it happens, but to have it actually shown and to have it shown that it does happen and to have these people like, you know, actually go back and then see how they acted and hopefully take something from it. I think that was important. So it's terrible that, you know, Courtney and Kate and Simone and Riley all had to deal with like shit like that. But I think it's so important that it was actually, you know, displayed and like people can see that it is something that still goes on and it is something that like actively needs to like be worked on. So, yeah. Totally. Is there anyone, so did you literally watch every single past season of both shows? Not every single past season. So I, I watched a bit of season six OG on YouTube and then I watched some of season seven. Um, and then the first one that I actually watched like front to back was Med this year. Just cause like I'd already filmed the show and like ours was the next one to come out. So yeah. it's kind of like, kind of like prepping yourself for that, I guess. Um, but no, I hadn't watched like every single season of the show. I didn't want to pay for it. So I just watched clips and stuff on YouTube. Was there anyone from the past that you were like, a, I really hope this person's on. I mean, chances of coming back are not great, but like, I really would love to work with these people. Like, who are those people? And vice versa, who are you? Like, I just don't want to work with these people. I mean, I was very glad that I was working on the Captain Lee. Um, <laughs> he's such a sweetheart. And like, he's just so like lovely and kind. And like, he's a, he's a like fantastic captain. And I liked that his management style, like I, I get very nervous when people are constantly looking over my shoulder. So I don't think I would have done too well on med. Um, in terms of bosons and things like that, I mean, I really liked Ross. I thought he was great. Um, Eddie, like as a bosun, I thought was really, really good. Um, but actually, I'd only like kind of just seen him in clips. So when I got on the boat and then he was there, I was like, who are you? Um, and apparently he'd been on for three seasons. So there you go. Um, obviously, I was hoping like Kate would be there um, and I was secretly hoping Courtney would be there. Um, even though I knew like we were chatting before the show. Um, and I knew she wouldn't be there, but yeah, I was, yeah. And then in terms of who I didn't want to work with, 
there's no one that's like left a really, really bad taste in my mouth until like what I saw, um, like kind of this year. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the people that have been on OG, obviously like I didn't want to work with Ashton or anything like that or any of the brew crew. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have loved to also have worked with like Asia and Anastasia and people like that. Cause they just seem like very normal and like yes. down to earth people. Yeah. Anastasia, I know well. She's like Yeah, normal. she's a sweetheart. She's yeah. been so much help and like just given such great support. And you were specifically like, I hope I get Captain Lee, not Captain Sandy. Yeah, yeah. I would I would have been fine with either Captain Glenn or Captain Lee. Um, but it's like, you know, when you get that kind of managerial type where they're like constantly over your shoulder, like for some people that works and they need that. But for me, I just get, I'm already like an anxious person. So I get so nervous. And then that would just make me fuck up. So yeah, I was, I was glad I didn't get that. <laughs> did you reach out? So after you got the show, did you reach out to like Anastasia or like anyone like that to say, hey, this is who yeah. I am, I'm going on? Yeah, so I didn't like specifically reach out to like anyone in particular because I wasn't really sure about like getting people in trouble like and also like getting myself in trouble. You're probably not meant to tell people that you got on. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. 
That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Um, I'd been in contact with Courtney just because I noticed she was in Australia while I was, um, I was applying for the show. And so I was like, oh, like just check out these features. Like they're like more secluded and whatever than the ones you're going to. Um, and then like after I'd been on the show, I was like, um, hey, like being on the show. And she was like super supportive and just like, you know, obviously you have like anxieties and fears about like things being publicized and all that. I mean, I was quite lucky. I felt like apart from my first charter, um, I had like a really great season and I wasn't like un- unhappy with anything that happened. Um, but yeah, she was just like a really good support and like, you know, cause it is kind of like a scary thing putting yourself out there. Um, but yeah, her and Kate and Riley and Anastasia and all them have just been like unbelievably supportive. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think in reality TV, sometimes it's hard to find like authentic people, but they're mm-hmm. like very authentic. It, yes and yes. I agree with both of yeah. those statements. It's yeah. hard to find authentic people. And I think those are, I mean, Anastasia is the one I know the best out of that group and she's totally yeah. normal. Yeah. Were so. you were you upset when you got on? So Eddie, even though you watched past clips, you didn't recognize, but were you upset when you saw Captain Lee and didn't see Kate? No, I mean, I'd kind of already figured it out because when we were in lockdown before we went filming, I had gone onto her profile and noticed that she'd taken um, Chief Stew out of her bio. And I was like, mm, something tweaked then. And I was like, okay, like she wouldn't have done that unless she was leaving. So I kind of already had my suspicions that it wasn't going to be Kate there. And so, you know, then when I, you have nothing to do really when you're in the resort because you're in lockdown effectively. Um, and so I would like stalk the, the um, location tags of the resort and try and see who was staying there. And I did end up finding someone that I was pretty sure was a chief stew. And then when we got onto the boat, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's her. So no, I wasn't surprised, um, but I was surprised when I saw that she'd taken it off her bio, but also I'm not shocked like she had a fantastic run and she'll always be like, you know, the BDOG queen and no one, there's no one that could replace her. But, you know, I think it's, it's fair enough that she wanted to move on. Like she went through some shit last season um, and it's fair enough that like she didn't want to come back. And she has a radio show and she has Bravo chat. Yeah, right now, she's so doing that's not... so well now and like, you know, like forging her own new path. Um, yeah, I think, she, I think, yeah, she's doing great things. So you were, like, when you get the show, what? Then you go into lockdown or it was because of COVID? Like, was it, because you didn't start during COVID. No, so we started kind of like early February. And no, just so just before you go into the show, they put you, um, because they obviously don't want like you to like interact with the cast or like, you know, anything off camera. They want everything to be genuine. So you go into kind of like a lockdown per se, whereas you stay in your room and then you're allowed out at certain times just so you guys don't like intermix. Um, but it's only for a couple of days and then you go onto the boat and then the real fun begins. And when you were in lockdown, obviously you can't announce it, but you had your phone and you did like geotagging and you hit up, like you just, Francesca popped up and you said, this must be the person. Yeah. So I was, um, I would, you know, I'm such like a nosy person. I mean, that's pretty Um, good. Yeah. And I, I love a good stalk. Um, I mean, which I found most of the med casts that have just filmed and most of the sailing casts that have just filmed just on, like, just using social media. Um, don't worry, production, I haven't reached out to them. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I was trying to find an A, which boat it was, um, which I think someone tagged it online. And then 
um, I was just trying to see if there was any other cast around. But there's, I think there was two separate hotels for the boys or girls. Um, so huh. I was more just looking at like the girls' hotel. Um, yeah, and then I managed to find someone that looked, you know, I clicked onto the profile and there were super yachts and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this is definitely going to be a person because there's not many like, you know, Australian people who would um, be staying at that resort at that time that had worked on boats that wasn't going to be doing the show. And that was so, yeah. Francesca? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You are so, good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very, yeah, that's like one of my secret talents. I'm a very good stalker. I mean, <laughs> I'm a good stalker in different ways. I don't yeah. know how to go. I would never know how to go about that per se, like geotagging takes, and any of that. It takes a lot of time. I mean, it's just because you have like nothing else to do. So you like, I would just look at, you know, like the resort tag and then like the Antigua tag and then like all sorts of other stuff. But there is these, you know, uh-huh. there's, there's the fan groups out there that also managed to find this information um, and all of that. So yeah, it's very, very interesting. So, and I guess you've just recently had some time on your hands during COVID that you've decided to figure out the new sailing and medcast. A lot of time. Yeah. So I did work all through like for the lockdown, basically. So uh, my day job this year has been in a hospital. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a hero. I just caffeinate heroes. Um, but yeah, so on like my days off and stuff like that, obviously you can't go out. I'm so nosy. I was like, I wonder who these people are. Huh. Um, so it's pretty easy, you know, um, once you find out where they're filming or stuff like that. To, but you ha- it, it takes a while and you need someone to slip up. Because they are kind of told specifically, like, not to post anything. But inevitably, someone generally, whether it's a guest or whether it's a, um, a crew member, slips up. And when they slip up, we find you. <laughs> well, I mean, so you're, you made your statement to producers here that you didn't reach out to anyone. And I guess you don't have to tell me specific names, but is there, other than Captain Sandy, is there anyone coming back to med? Maybe you'll have to see. I think you can find that information out on Reddit personally if you go back hard enough. So probably those yeah. things I never do. I just stalk yeah. like other for other people. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> so you, we saw you go in the beginning from the inside to the outside. Like, mm-hmm. did you like prior to this? Were you always was all your work inside? I forgot, or was some of it? So outside? I'd been a bit of both. So when I worked um, as a stew, I was a stew on charter catamarans. So it was a, di- a bit different because I was like the sole stew, and it's a much smaller boat. And then when I was um, after I got my yacht master, I was deck stew on a super yacht. But then that boat, it was a privately run boat, but it was a bit different because I was like, I worked deck for a bit um, and then I worked stew as well. And then I was also a nanny. So I was never specifically in one department. I was kind of spread out all over the place. Um, But I had some like really terrible experiences with the deck crew that I worked with. And then also like some other experiences back home in Sydney when I was working. Um, do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like just with someone else, like not when I was working, but someone related to someone that I worked with. Um, and so I was just like really put out, like, by, not put out by working on deck, but it was like, it was a difficult thing for me to do because that was like a lot of kind of trauma that I was there. And obviously I wanted to do the show because I really wanted to go to the Caribbean. Um, and that was the easiest way to get a visa for it. Um, and so then I applied for interior, but like I knew, I knew straight away, A, that I probably wasn't going to um, gel that much with the team. Like I'm very self-aware and like who I work well with and who I don't. And that's not necessarily that they're a bad person. It's just, I know the type of management style that works for me. Um, and I know the type of like team that I work best in. And also like, yeah, just the job itself. I, I think I got onto the boat and I was, I like, again, I had like quite bad anxiety. So it's like a whole new experience. And I was just having like this huge anxiety episode, that whole first charter. Um, and you know, we were all pretty under the pump um, from the first group of guests. And yeah, it was, um, it was uh, I, not like one of my best moments in life, but I'm glad that I was able to like go outside and like find a, like a department that I thrive with and like um, under a team and like a, of like a bosun that I thrived under as well. Cause Eddie was like great for me. He was like a, such a mentor and he taught me so much. Um, and he kind of like, you know, rehashed the idea in my mind that there is actually decent like bosuns and, you know, deck crew out there. Not everyone are misogynistic pricks. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, not to make you relive a traumatic experience, but out of all of that, I heard that you had a traumatic experience working on the outside. Yeah. I assume that was something misogynistic. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, so on the Superyard, it was misogynistic. Um, and then like when I was back in Sydney, it was just so, like some like, stuff that will come out on the show um it was other stuff that happened but yeah it was it was just I left a really bad taste in my mouth and I was kind of already um you know because like working on boats is quite difficult for your mental health um so I'm not going to sugarcoat it like I was already kind of like depressed at that time so it just it was you know I'm, I probably shouldn't have I probably should have had taken a year out at that point but I didn't and it was you know all this stuff that accumulated up um and I wasn't like in a kind of like the right state of mind to be able to deal with like something like that and, you know, I was probably like a bit mature to be able to deal with it. I didn't really know how to like respond to it or anything like that. I took it all to heart. Um, and yeah, it put a really, really bad taste in my mouth. So I was kind of broken <laughs> going onto the below deck boat per se. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so glad I did it because it just completely like changed my mind and like, I had such a positive experience. Um, yeah, yeah. So really you went from like this experience working outside where you had a misogynistic yeah. experience which kind of turned you off from working outside to below deck which kind of reinvigorated your yeah yeah I, like it just like James was you know for the most part really really great to work with like we had such a good time together like brother and sister um and then Eddie as well like he'd obviously worked with people like Connie before and all that and he'd done so well with them um so yeah I was kind of hopeful that he would be able to teach me a lot and like give me the chances to learn things and things like that um and he did he was so patient and 
you know, he saw that I was really willing to learn um, and he noticed that. So yeah, he, um, he was like a real big part in like making my season like as great as it was. And this kind of these underlying things that have happened kind of come out later this season for you? Yeah, yeah. So I think in, it must be in one of the next two episodes that are coming up that I kind of like have a heart to heart with um, a couple of people and like talk about everything that happens. So Wow. We'll have to have, we'll have to have you back on towards the end of the season. Um, And really Eddie was, you have nothing but great things to say about Eddie. No, like working under his leadership was fantastic. He was really patient, um, like teaching me things and like really willing for me to learn and try new things. Um, I didn't, I don't have a bad word to say about him and I didn't have any bad experiences with him. He kind of ended up almost like, kind of like this big brother, kind of like dad figure to like me and probably James as well. Um, Yeah, he was a fantastic leader um, and like really actually led the team and was a good role model. Um, And like didn't single people out or anything like that and didn't pick favorites or anything like that. So yeah, he was great. I mean, that's the impression I got. Eddie's kind of kicking ass this season. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a really, really good job. Um, And you know, like he, like everything that you see on like on the show with him at the moment, like none of it's like good editing for redemption or anything like that. It's just, he was actually like top of his game and like kicked ass and he was really, really good. Wow. Well, he's probably happy he's back in the mix for redemption, yeah. <laughs> even though he wasn't trying for that. Yeah. What about, let's just say that somebody didn't go home and there was no outside spot how how would your season have gone inside the whole time I mean it would have been interesting I think like now that I look back at it I haven't like thought about it too much and I'm so glad I haven't had to um but I think obviously we're seeing that Francesca and Elizabeth aren't getting on um and then so I think it would have been very interesting having me in the mix like I'm would we have gotten on would we have not gotten on um and then would she have had two stews that she didn't get along with I don't really know. Obviously, like the, the first charter was, it's, it was quite difficult because you, like we were just thrown in, like it was so unorganized. We got, especially we got, you know, six weeks worth of provisions brought onto the boats. So we lost seven hours on the first day and five hours on the second day, just like taking those on and off the boat, which is a huge amount of time. Wow. So I think after the first charter, once we'd like sorted shit out, it would have been fine. Um, and, you know, once we'd like got in like systems and stuff in place and the communication was a bit better because um, that kind of lacked the first charter that, you know, we probably would have been able to pull it together a bit more. Um, but once Shane got fired, I probably still would have asked to go outside, to be honest with you. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I probably would have um, <laughs> would have been asked to go. I would have like asked to go outside. But maybe I wouldn't have, you know, maybe I would have actually found that it was like I was enjoying the interior because I do like being around the guests and things like that. Um, but you know, I just, I felt like that first charter, I just didn't feel like I was going to mesh that well with Francesca and yes, that's when I was, I saw my opportunity and I'm self-aware and I'm self-aware enough to know that these things about myself and I'm not going to like stay in a situation that potentially is not great for either of us. Um, so yeah, that's when I I jumped. (laughs) So glad I did. Was it more like I preferred working outside or was it more Francesca and her leadership style? I mean, I definitely, 
definitely prefer working outside, like in general. Um, you know, I'm happy to do both, but I do really, really enjoy like the variety of working outside. Um, cause you know, working interior, I've worked hospitality a lot of my life. A lot of people like are used to being waited on and like a lot of it is kind of like same, same. There are like some pretty, like you do have to be like exceptionally good to be a great stew. Like Ashling, you'll see this season is phenomenal. Um, and I definitely don't think I would have been like up to her standard, but I just thought with Francesca, I know like the, I know types of personalities that I get on with best and what I don't. And I, don't, I, I can't like particularly pinpoint one thing or like what it was. Um, but I just know that I, I, I just kind of knew in myself that I would get along better with Eddie. I mean, I think Rachel has said that with Francesca, it's not necessarily that she's a bad person. She was under a lot of pressure. You know, she's taken of Kate Chastain. Chief Stew was a huge job. And I'm, I'm not sure if she knew she was doing it, but a lot of the things she said were just said in ways that were quite like condescending and snide. And that's not generally like a really good way to evoke like the best out of your team. And I kind of recognized that um, during the first charter and I was like, okay, like for some people, you know, that'll work and she'll probably get on with, but I just know for me that it's probably not going to work. So yeah, that's when I um, jumped ship. And those seem like some of Elizabeth's issues with her too, just the way she's yeah. being spoken to. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think with Elizabeth, like, you know, no one is, none of us on that boat are perfect at our jobs. Everyone makes mistakes. And yes, Elizabeth did make mistakes. Um, Francesca made mis mistakes. Ash didn't actually make very many mistakes. Ash was great. Um, but you know, everyone kind of has those things, but I do, I do agree in those points that I think sometimes I'm, I'm not sure like, you know, and, and what level of experience Francesca had had with management, but a lot of the ways she said things just didn't really like come off in a particularly nice way. And obviously not every manager or boss is nice. You know, everyone's got a boss or a manager that they don't get along with, but there is just a particular way I think that people deserve to be spoken to. Um, and Elizabeth was not always spoken to in, in a way that, you know, she deserved to be. Do you think you would have left? Like, just say you stayed inside and there was no outside position. And it, I mean, you've, you're watching the show now. So let's just say we yeah. were here right now. I mean, it, it fully depends. It depends whether, because it would have been me and Liz. So, you know, it depends whether she just picked that she got on with me because I was the Australian one and, you know, or, but I think I, if I was spoken to that way, I probably wouldn't have, I probably would have been more vocal about not wanting to be spoken to that way um so I don't know I honestly I mean it could have gone one way or the other there's I've I've I thought about it a little bit but not too much but yeah because I think then she would have had maybe two people that didn't particularly get on with her or maybe we would have and it was just the first charter that was a fluke like you don't really know until like that situation actually happens you might have been like the lesser of two evils to her like right you could have bonded exactly yeah but so who knows what way it could have gone do you think Elizabeth is a good stew? I think uh, the thing with Elizabeth, I th she can be kind of like a bit like airy fairy sometimes and, you know, um, like forgetful. But I think what a lot of people are thinking about Elizabeth now is that she's like doing, you know, forgetting some things and screwing up like intentionally. And it's like a malicious intent and she's not. She is probably one of like the most kind, pure, 
sweet people, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, that I've met and so genuine and she wishes nothing but good for other people. Um, and I think she was really great with the guests. Like all of the guests loved her. I didn't hear, you know, many guests that had a bad thing to like, or too many bad things to say about her. Um, and she was great, you know, with her cocktails and things like that. And I think with her, a lot of her achievements aren't being shown and the things that are bad aren't being, I mean, are being highlighted more. Um, but I mean, then I didn't really see a lot of what went on. So some of the stuff I saw from her was great, but I'm, I'm outside the whole time now. So I only kind of see bits and pieces. And then I would never fully trust, you know, what I saw on reality TV because there is that editing aspect to it. So... We had her on this podcast, I judge, just based on my, I mean, she's, I think, I agree. She's like the sweetest person possible. Yeah. Like, it definitely doesn't come from any malicious place. No. I mean, and I'm a pretty good judge of people because I speak to 8,000 of them each week that are on all these Bravo shows. So I think she's like legitimately completely kind-hearted. Like, I would agree with that. They're just giving her a certain edit. Yeah, I think with her, I mean, she definitely wasn't perfect. But I just think with her that maybe more of her, um, yeah, more of her achievements are being like pushed to the side and a lot of like the negative stuff is being played up. But that's reality TV. And I think, you know, as hard as it is, that's, you know, that you've signed up for that. So that's really difficult because it's hard to blame it when you know that you've kind of signed up for the potential for that to happen. Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah. What about how big a deal is it with the whole gas, this toxic gas? <laughs> well, this is these interesting. Chemicals? This I mean, I, really I wouldn't, I don't even about. understand what that is. Like, I don't, I'm like, people are like, yeah, you would never do this. I'm like, I would probably do it every day. I don't even understand. I know. That's the thing because I thought that she just put bleach and like um, washing like powder together. And I have done that countless times in my house and like you know breathe the fumes and things like that and nothing's gone wrong i think even kate as well on watch what happened said that like she's done that before and she doesn't really understand why it's a bad thing um yeah i mean i so whether yeah so whether or not what she put in there had ammonia in it if it had ammonia then it would have caused a reaction um i'm not sure but i mean i went down there just to have a wee break and i do remember getting a bit of a headache from being down there so obviously two things you know, reacted and weren't that great together. But um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure about the mustard gas thing because I've, I've put, you know, soap and bleach together before. Um, and yeah, so that, I think that was just a, you know how like how Sunshine had his comedy of errors that led to his demise. I just think that was like a really unfortunate thing to happen to Liz. <laughs> Are we going to see someone else get fired this season? Have to wait and see. What about, I mean, was this like the smell, like, was it as toxic as they were making it out? I to think seem? that particularly, I, I don't remember going down and like smelling something that was like particularly disgusting, but I did go down and it was hazy and I was down there for like five minutes and I got a headache. And then once I got outside, I felt a bit better. So I do remember that happening and I do remember getting a headache from it. So obviously something had gone wrong. And, you know, yes, Francesca told her to go outside. So she should have listened to that and gone outside um, and like followed the instructions of the chief stew. But yeah, it's a very interesting thing because I didn't know I made mustard gas because I've done that so many times. What about, or am I just making drama where there is none? Is it really 
egregious to make someone clean out the pantry that works inside before they transfer outside? Was that like a punishment? Or is that just no, that was you see, I don't I don't know. I think, you know, I understand why, because they were down a stew and they had to get ready for the next charter. So obviously, you know, Eddie's got two people outside, so it's kind of like fair two and two. The only thing that like why there was like a bit of an argument over that was that at the time I was cleaning out the pantry, Eddie wanted to do like a line handling thing, which is like quite necessary for safety when you're working like a huge vessel. Um, and, you know, so I'd said, listen, can I go outside and then do that and then come back in and finish? I might just have to keep working while everyone else is finished. And I think she just like, I'm not, I wouldn't call it a power chip or anything like that. She's probably a bit stressed and like, you know, understandably, but she just wanted like done at that certain time. But then Eddie was like, listen, I really need her outside. So then she kind of had to give in. Um, and then I, you know, I finished it up like, I think five minutes after or something. And then it was all good. But no, I think, you know, it's, it's fair enough. She wanted two people inside. Eddie had two people outside. You know, she's got to get ready for another charter and she's a stew down. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't think that was a particularly, like, bad thing. What and about, I understand why. I mean, I didn't either. A lot of people online did. That's where I yeah. started to pay attention. But I was like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't read it that way. Yeah. What about, I mean, I know you only worked with her for a little while. Like where would Francesca fall online of like, you know, you have real world industry experience, like best stew is a 10, worst stew is a one that you've ever, like chief stew that, that you've ever. That I've worked with. I mean, I've only ever worked with one other chief stew. So when I was on Charter Cats, I was by myself. And then I worked with it's the most amazing <laughs> Egyptian chief stew that I like um, on my other boat. And she was lovely. She was really compassionate and kind, but stern. She could, I think she, but she had, I think, a lot of experience, um, like, you know, 15 years um, working with stewardesses. And she kind of would, like, manage people in the way that she found people needed to be managed. Whereas I think Francesca manages her way. And sometimes your management style is not always great for other people. Like, sometimes you need to interchange it a bit. Like, Ash doesn't need to be managed the same way as, as Elizabeth, for example. Um, I mean, but in terms of like Chief Stews, the thing is Francesca, she, she really wants to do well and she tries so hard at her job. Like there is no bad intention there. Like she wants to do the best she can and she takes a lot of pride in her work. Um, but I think maybe sometimes just, yeah, like the, the management wasn't that great, but probably, I don't know, we're like a seven. Like she's definitely not- so bad. Yeah, no, she's definitely not terrible. I think with her, maybe it was just like a, a case of the way things were said and, you know, stress that was put on her. Um, but she wanted, yeah, she wanted so well to do well. So, you know, I can't fault her for that. What about if you were to get a job tomorrow in the real world, who would you prefer as a chief stew, Kate or Hannah? Ooh, Interesting, because I, I mean, having like worked with neither of them, but then, but also I've spoken in real life to Kate. I haven't spoken to Hannah, to Hannah, but I've spoken to Kate. So I would say based off that, Kate, because I mean, I did see how she managed on OG and I thought it was fine. I thought she was like fair. I thought she was stern when she needed to be, but I also thought that she could like, you know, have a joke and laugh. But then also, you know, Hannah is Australian. So we'd probably get on well in that aspect. Um, so yeah, I mean, I purely just because I've actually spoken to Kate in real life, probably Kate. What about switching gears to James? What's the grossest thing about having James as a roommate? Like what was his worst habit? 
Probably leaving the bloody toilet seat up. I mean, the thing is with James is you can you can see that he is like a very well like manicured person. He really cares about like hygiene and his personal experience. But it was like this typical dude would leave the toilet seat up and then I would go to like the toilet in the middle of the night and like fucking fall in there because I would forget. So that was kind of like the only like thing like that was like gross that we bickered about. Probably we also bickered about like who was messier because like you know, when you're on like charter, you don't, you don't like have time to like make everything clean. So you just dump stuff there. And he's always like, oh, you're messier. And I was like, no, you're messier, babe. Um, but I would like, you know, I would always find his stuff for him. Um, because he would, he would have like a man's look, um, and not look properly. Um, but yeah, probably just leaving the toilet seat up. He wasn't a particularly gross person. Like I never saw cum on the shower walls or anything like that. So he obviously heeded my advice. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, because, you know, maybe we'll see him get some later this season, but he hasn't gotten maybe. any as of right now. He hasn't gotten any yet, but, you know, James, he, he talks a good talk. Does he play as well as he says he can play? I guess we'll have to find out. We will have to find out. Mm-hmm. What about Sunshine? Was Eddie too hard on Sunshine or did he deserve all that he got? Thanks for tuning into part one of our sit down with Izzy Wouters and stay tuned for part two. We're going to talk all about her coming out. Listen, she's family now, guys. I got to welcome her. We're going to talk about her coming out, how the Blow Deck crew reacted to this, who else at Bravo reached out. Did the fact that she was on the show now hinder or encourage her to come out while the show is now airing? We talk more about blunders from the season. We play quick, rapid-fire rounds of questions of who would you rather. You guys have to stay tuned for a continued sit-down with Izzy Wolters coming soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.